Hi, I'm Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Roger Sands. He is the co-founder and CEO of YBot Incorporated. Roger has 17 years of executive management positions in successful networking startups and Fortune 500 companies. Today we're talking about E-Rate, meeting deadlines, and getting your Wi-Fi working, reliable, and dependable. And a little bit more about uh, YBot and how they can help you. Lots to learn today. Thanks for listening. Oh, by the way, it would be so awesome if you went into your app that you're listening to me on and uh, rated and reviewed the podcast. Could you do that for me, please? <laughs> Thank you so much. Enjoy. You know, a couple of years ago, my uh, my wedding band started having problems. Now, I've had it for 34 years, and uh, it started breaking at, at the backside of it. And we got it fixed a couple of different times. And then eventually, not too long ago, one of those that backside just fell out and it couldn't be fixed any longer. And I'm like, this is crazy. I, you know, I shouldn't have to deal with this. And, and so anyway, then a friend told me about, uh, Boone titanium rings and, uh, which is at boonrings.com, And they have this incredible selection of titanium rings. And, and, uh, I now have a titanium ring as my wedding band. What's really cool is like it's an engraved ring that has uh, these cool car pistons on it and some stars, and and I could have chosen from any kind of different stand, uh, styles, as well as they have all these other different types of rings, like uh, inlays that have meteorite, wood, acrylic, stone, and things like that. They also make uh, carved rings and, and a, just a, an assortment of other rings that uh, are just pretty amazing. They also make pendants and cufflinks and earrings, and as well as a couple different types of tools. Um, I gotta tell you something it's really cool because this ring's not going to break <laughs> and uh they, they'll make you happy and uh just as a note uh teaching learning leading k-12 um they've become an affiliate sponsor for us and so if you were to use our code which is capital t capital l capital l capital k the number 12 and uh, use that at checkout you get 10 percent off your ring and uh teaching learning leading k-12 gets a commission i think you're going to love their rings i know i'd love mine <laughs> You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Roger Sands is a co-founder and CEO of Ybot Incorporated. Roger has 17 years of executive management positions in successful networking startups and Fortune 500 companies. Prior to Ybot, Roger was the business line manager for Hewlett Packard's WWW land business, growing it from number six to number two market share. Roger joined HP via the acquisition of Colibris Networks, a wireless startup where he held a number of executive positions, including co-CEO and was instrumental in the AP acquisition. Prior to Colubris, he was a GM at Acton Technology, founding the enterprise wireless business and building it to number three market share via six strategic partnerships. Roger also held senior management positions at 3Com, U.S. Robotics, and Bitex Corporation. Roger holds a master's and bachelor's in electrical engineering at Northeastern University. Today, Roger and I are going to talk about the federal E-rate program and the types of technology that are crucial to students in today's digital environment. Roger, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining me today and say hi to everyone. Yes, uh, Steve, it's a pleasure to be on the show. I look forward to uh, this discussing this important topic. Well, I'm glad you're here. And uh, before we 
before we get into this topic, let's, we got to talk a little bit about you. And besides challenge me with these different uh, names of these different uh, companies, um, uh, one of the things I shared in your bio was this. Roger Sands is a co-founder and CEO of, of YBot Incorporated. Roger has 17 years of executive management positions in successful networking startups and Fortune 500 companies. When you were getting your electrical engineering degrees at Northeastern University, what did you think your career path would be? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I, uh, I expected it would be in the hardware development of technology. You know, when I was younger, I liked to um, tinker with different technology, take things apart, put them together, try to fix, you know, different hardware items around the house. And I really got fascinated by that. So when I went to Northeastern and I, my focus was electrical engineering, that's what I expected I would be doing is just working on different types of hardware platforms and, and building them and, and troubleshooting and solving those challenging problems. Very cool. Very cool. Cause you've got gone on to do a lot of things and it's, it's neat that uh, you had this uh, focus on the hardware there. And so I got to have you explain something else. Cause one of the other things I talked about was in, you have 17 years of executive management positions in successful networking startups. Can you explain what a networking startup is? Sure. Absolutely. Um, networking in general is where I've spent my whole career. So we're talking about, uh, you know, networking for enterprise organizations and schools, switches, routers, access points, all the technology that allows end users to connect to compute or the internet. And so that's been my area of focus for my whole career. And when we talk about the startup world, we're talking typically about smaller companies that are innovating, right? They've, they've identified a, a critical problem in the industry where they can help. And so they tend to start a, you know, a new company, build that new innovation, bring it to the marketplace. So when I talk about leading technology startups, it's been a combination of both the startup world as well as the Fortune 500, but the whole career has been focused on the networking sector of it, connecting end users to information and the internet. Excellent, excellent. So, uh, so you got a lot of good background on what we're getting ready to talk about, which is what's, what's cool. So, uh, and, and that, then I got to get you to tell me a little bit about, uh, um, you're the co-founder and CEO of YBot Incorporated. So tell us a little bit about uh, what does YBot do? Yeah, it's, a, it's an excellent question. And so when I was running HP's worldwide Wi-Fi business, mobility business, um, my team was out working with enterprise customers and schools and, and higher ed all throughout the globe. It was fascinating. It was an excellent opportunity. We were scaling the business. And that's when we identified that there was a pain point in the industry, Steve, a very important pain point. And what was happening was a big shift in the market. Um, these, these end customers were migrating to using Wi-Fi as the on-ramp to the internet, right? It became the core functionality. When I first started in networking and, and Wi-Fi, it was nice to have. It was used in, you know, hotels and airports when you were traveling, right? And you still wanted to connect in a very efficient way to the internet. But what we saw transform when I was at HP is key segments of the market like education where the they move to e-learning initiatives right and so now teachers and students were using chromebooks and ipads right to do all of their learning and, and connecting the internet and test statewide testing etc so now the wi-fi was business critical it was no longer nice to have 
And it's not just an education. I know that's the primary focus of this session, but just quickly, even other verticals like in the manufacturing warehousing, you have robots that are moving around to automate you know, the warehousing. And when you talk about healthcare, which of course is top of mind for everybody these days, understandably, you're talking about patient monitoring equipment and doctors and nurses moving around a hospital or a clinic accessing information. So the world has shifted, right, to where Wi-Fi is business mission critical, especially in education, and it's the on-ramp to the internet. So as a result of that, Steve, we need a, a solution and a, and a platform that has a high reliability, right? It has to perform well all the time. You can't have intermittent issues disrupting statewide testing or teachers while they're doing Google Meet calls or Zoom calls, right, for hybrid learning, distance learning. All that has to be running seamlessly and flawlessly. And when I was at HP, I realized that there had to be an automated platform in the market that would be able to maintain these high performance networks. And so my co-founder and I, we left HP, we went off, started YBOT to build this next generation of automation for these schools. That's cool. You know, it's, this is my uh, finishing my 33rd year in public education in the state of Georgia. And, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, <laughs> talk about we've come a long way <laughs> there's uh, can remember what it did most people are going what are you talking about to uh you know a kind of a typical problem which is someone explaining to you that you know the pipe is about this big and the amount of information that's trying to go through that little bitty pipe is about this big <laughs> and uh you know we need to replace some of that stuff so it, it's it, it's just fascinating like you said it's mission critical where that was you know, not so very long ago, not the, not the case. Most people were like, Wi-Fi, what's that? You know, and, and uh, just something magical you used uh, at other places. So, Exactly. And, you know, Steve, one of the transformations was a lot of what we call the compute devices. When we're talking compute, we're talking Chromebooks and iPads, right? That teachers and students use on a daily basis. Um, they shifted a lot of them and they don't even have an ethernet connection anymore, right? If you take a traditional Chromebook, Right? The only way they can connect to get access to critical information, whether it's the internet, whether it's testing, whether it's learning sessions, right? collaboration with the teachers is over Wi-Fi. And so you know, they've done all kinds of studies to show that when the students and teachers have you know, reliable communication and reliable networking and performance, then they do better right? They do better in scoring. They do better in testing. It raises the whole profile of the school. And so it becomes a core element now of the whole learning experience um, that's transformed over the last five years. It's, it's just amazing. This is, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's something that, uh, um, and, and we're going to get into this in just a little bit, really uh, determining what uh, systems had or didn't have uh, came into play very much so just uh, not too very long ago, almost a year ago, as uh, things went kablooey <laughs> and we started pushing our uh, systems a little bit. So you know, what, what we're going to talk about today is E-Rate. Can you explain what the federal E-Rate program is and what it's meant to do? Absolutely. Um, it's an excellent program. Um, most schools are aware of it. Um, and it's, it's a powerful program in the sense that schools are able to get discounts, right, reimbursements, on new technology 
to support the internet connectivity, right? A lot of it started with the internet. Okay, this goes back quite a few years, but rural areas right around the country did not have high speed internet connectivity into the schools. And so when just, you made a very good comment a minute ago, Steve, where you're trying to pass, you know, this much information through a small pipe. And so kind of one of the first generations of this was for schools to be able to afford what we call, you know, at the time, high speed internet connectivity. So it's a government funded program, again, where they offer discounting anywhere from 20 to 90% discounting. Um, it was intended for rural, you know, primary rural schools, urban schools, where they didn't have the resources, right, to be able to support these new technologies that were coming into the districts, all right? So schools can apply uh, each year for these reimbursements. And again, it's focused on internet is where it started, but now obviously the connectivity within the school, right, um, is very, very important. And so it's a combination now of the internet connection as well as the networking, key network components like switches, and access points for wireless and, and monitoring of those networks within the school to ensure the teachers and students have, again, a reliable, affordable way to access to the information on the internet. You know, it, it, it speaks to a lot of things, by the way, that uh, you have to have, um, you have to have somebody who understands what they're doing in the building too, <laughs> to know what to troubleshoot and what to do. Uh, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's created the need for a lot of uh, not just the devices, but the people and uh, um, to help you get set up and to maintain it when you go, okay, something's wrong, you know, cause there's nothing worse than you come in on a Monday, especially after a storm over the weekend and you find out that, yeah, all those Chrome works, uh, Chromebooks don't connect anything. <laughs> yeah. What happened? Okay. So cool. So the federal E-rate program now there's, it's coming up, it's running out March of 2021. Um, so what's the fear or challenge that this creates? Yeah. So, um, every year, uh, Steve, there's, there's timing, right? They have a whole schedule set aside. It's an annual program and the government, um, renews this program periodically. And in fact, they just, um, last year renewed it for five more years. What, the, what that means is they've allocated funding, right? Uh, per year for the schools across the U S right, for those that are eligible for it. And so, but there's a time frame each year that starts, okay, in the Q4 timeframe, calendar year, so October 1st, and it goes typically through the end of February when schools put out their bids, okay? So the intention is it's a competitive situation where when schools identify the technology that they're looking for, again, internet connectivity is one, telecommunications within the school is the second, right? So when they identify these needs, upgrade, expansion, et cetera, then they put out um, a bid to uh, vendors, to customers to submit their proposals to service their request. And so there's timeframes on all that, which is very important, obviously, to follow the timeframes. And so end of February this year is when this year ends in terms of the schools having to put out their bids to vendors to, to submit their proposals. And then by the end of March, 
is when the schools take all the information from the proposals they receive from the vendors and they submit their application to the US government. Okay, so the reason why it's important is these are fixed deadlines. And if you don't make the end of February for going out for your bids and the end of March for your submission to the government, then you miss out on this year, right? The opportunity to get the discounts, which can be very noticeable to schools, so they can save a lot of money on their telecommunication, their internet connectivity, if they take advantage of this program. Once you get past February, March, then you wait till next fall again for the following year. So the good news is it's a program that goes each year. And right now we're in the first year of, of the next window of four to five years. Um, so that's the good news. But if you miss the end of February, then you'll have to wait to the following year before you could submit your application. Gotcha. And so as a competitive bid, is it, you know, the, the more creative your design is or your thoughts behind it, or is it really based more on need? I mean, what, what helps determine your ability to get this bid? Yeah. So needs, needs, right? Exactly. Like you said, so a school will look at, I'm a good one. And we'll probably touch on this a little bit later in the conversation. Cause I know you were referencing the COVID situation, how that has changed the game for schools. Right. So let's use that one as an example. All right. With the COVID situation, a lot of the schools have moved to a hybrid or distance learning, right? Hybrid or distance learning where students are at home. Some of them are all of them. Teachers often are in the classroom. They still may be going in, right? And again, some of the students are there or all of them are at home, but they're doing video collaboration, right? This is very, very common across the US. Google Meets, right? Zoom calls. Teams, right? Whatever application they're using. Now, as a result of that, it could be driving up the demand of the information that you referenced, Steve, earlier over the internet, right? How much information is flowing because now you have all the students at all their homes coming in, collaborating with the teacher in the classroom, right? Where before, right, when all the students are in the classroom, the collaboration is local, right? It's within the school. Yes, they may be going out to the internet to get additional information, but the real-time collaboration on the lesson planning, et cetera, is local. So a lot of the schools have had to increase their internet performance, right, to the schools. And so that would be a need-based, right? They have a direct need. They need to upgrade their internet performance, the pipe, as you mentioned, coming into the schools. And that's a great use case for E-rate right? You can apply to the government, get a discount on that upgrade, right? And now put the application in, submit it with the goal of getting awarded, and now you'll save money. So what they would do is they would bid out, right? The school would put out a proposal and asking for vendors and partners that can support internet connectivity or telecommunication equipment within the school that they're looking to upgrade to support their needs, put out the proposal, Vendors submit their responses, they review the responses and select a vendor that can support the needs of what they're trying to service for the coming year. Very cool. But, and by the way, I've got to make sure I say this because, you know, it, uh, this, the dealing with COVID stressed how all kinds of systems and uh, tested all kinds of interesting things. You know, the, the neighborhood where I live, I'm, I'm not there, you know, 
like my neighbors are and uh, who have actually have businesses who they depend upon, you know, operating out of their house and they do all kinds of stuff through to connectivity. And suddenly all the kids were home <laughs> and, and the entire neighborhood was like, what is going on here? And, you know, it dawned on them. Well, you got kids using all this stuff as well as now all these other adults who their businesses sent them home and, and uh, so the people who were <laughs> originally working from home were like, oh, I think I need to go somewhere. <laughs> it couldn't go anywhere. So um, th- thanks for explaining that. I've, uh, I've often heard a little bit about this process, but not uh, anybody really explain what they, they might have might function there. So, so like right now, um, you know, when we're talking, it's February and uh, um, you know, these, these systems should be already putting together what they're thinking they're going to submit. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, this is a great time. Uh, February tends to be an active month in the E-rate world uh, where the schools are wrapping up, right? Their proposals that they send out is still time, right? February 10th today. So there's, there's plenty of time this month, but it's a good time if you haven't, if the schools haven't submitted um, their, their applications for E-rate this year, then now's the time to do it, right? And they can put out their proposals. So again, we're talking about funding, Steve, for this coming fiscal year, right? So most schools um, start the fiscal year July 1st, okay? So the school cycle goes from July 1st to June 30th. That's common, there's some exceptions, but that's the norm across the US. And so we're talking about funding to help schools for the next fiscal year, which starts July. Most of the schools will get their funding when it's awarded. They'll get it during the summertime right? July, August into September. And the goal is so that the schools can upgrade, right? Their internet pipes, their upgrade, their telecommunication equipment within the schools, right? Switches, wireless, etc. Um, all of that during the summertime when most of the schools or students aren't there. And now they're prepared to support the new initiatives that start in the fall. Okay, so timing is very good. Um, if a lot of the schools have already submitted, right? They've been on top of it and submitted the 470s, which is the form they need to get competitive bids. That's been going on for the last couple of months, but they can go right on to the end of this month, still take advantage of the program, get the bids out there and save lots of funding. That's the key about this, is they can save funding on key upgrades that are required with the uh, dynamic nature of the networking in schools today. Gotcha, where did they get that form? Yeah, great question. So there's a, what we call a USAC, U-S-A-C, that's the abbreviation, Universal Service Administration Company. So USAC.org. Okay, so if you go to that website, slash E-rate, if you want to go right to the E-rate section, you can go to USAC.org. And within that, you can find the E-rate. But if you just put, you know, backslash E-rate, then you'll find a whole website. Very informative. It talks about the program eligibility, right? Again, it's targeted for urban rural areas, but most schools get some type of discount, um, which is great. So you go to that website, they talk about the program, they have the schedule there, the forms that you mentioned, Steve, on what the steps are that are required, okay? Also, I'll mention, that if a school has not taken advantage of E-rate in the past or are not that knowledgeable, which is common, right? I mean, it, may just, it, it can be somewhat 
cumbersome at times to, to go through the e-rate process. Um, but there's a lot of consultants, right, out in the market that do this for a living that can help. Sure, they charge a nominal fee, right, which is expected. But if you have a school that wants to get the reimbursements and they don't have core expertise, a lot of the schools will leverage consultants. You can look them up online, E-rate consultants, find one in the area, right? Talk to local schools in your area to get references because other schools may be using them. And they will be great resources to help you navigate through the forms, the timing, requirements to meet, um, you know, the applications. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so I'll make sure that uh, that website's in the show notes as well for those listening and uh, um, so they can uh, go visit it and try and, and, uh, and, and start following down that path. What did you, do you just, like if you work with school systems, do you, do you think a lot of school systems have somebody who, do they have like one department or, or somebody who's wearing this as one of their many hats that they're the E-rate person? Yeah, we see a, a broad mix. As you know, schools are so, so busy, right? Um, you, you've been there. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I was blessed. Both my parents were school teachers. Uh, so, you know, a lot of experience in that space. That's our focus at YBOT is education, helping schools across the country. We're the leader in education. And um, what we see is some of the school districts that really leverage it a lot every year, will have some internal expertise, right? It's a big enough program, a big enough initiative. Um, they've had someone that's been doing it for a while, and so they have core expertise. But there's a lot of schools that don't have that luxury, Steve. Um, they're busy doing all their other activities. The IT organizations, often, maybe they're doing other functions within the school. Some of them are teachers, right? And so they don't have the bandwidth um, to really be experts and knowledgeable on the E-rate program. And so they're the ones that will leverage consultants, right? That really have core expertise. So yes, we see both. We see schools that have the opportunity and the resources to support it, but we see plenty of schools that have knowledge about the program, but not the expertise and they leverage the consultants. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It's gotta be, uh, <laughs> I, Having been there, I, I, I understand it's uh, um, sometimes you're going, okay, I'm, you know, I'm the principal and I am the, or I am the district person and I am the, uh, you know, I do all these different things. And, and so explain again what I've got to do, you know, that type yeah. of thing. So yeah. <laughs> can it, you walk me through this? <laughs> right. It can be challenging. You know, um, it's a powerful program, very valuable, um, but it does require some steps and some paperwork. And it's important to follow those closely. Um, because like any, you know, if, it, if there's, you know, um, unintentional mistakes that are made and stuff like that, then it can impact the funding of the, uh, you know, the program, the discounts that, you, that they would receive. Gotcha. So, uh, so what types of technology are crucial to students in today's digital environment? Let's kind of shift to that. I mean, what, what types of things are you seeing that uh, are, they're, they're really kind of must needs? Yeah. So that's an excellent question. And we see three, three key categories, Steve. Um, let me start with what we call the compute, right? Which, which are the computers, okay? Um, most schools are migrating or have migrated to one-to-one -one computing. Um, not all schools are there yet, obviously, because of budgetary reasons, et cetera. Um, and they might have them for certain grades within the schools, like the high school, but they haven't migrated to the elementary schools or the middle schools. But the first is the compute. And whether it's one-to-one -one where each student has their own device, 
or whether they're shared technology, which has also been common, where the schools will have carts, carts of, of laptops, right, 10, 20, 30, and they'll move the carts around to classrooms so that the students can use them during certain sessions within the classroom. So both of those models exist, but the first core element is the compute, right? Um, E-learning, as we call it, uh, is so important now moving forward to accessing the powerful information that's on the internet, right, for students to learn. Collaboration, like we talked about, we've seen it, obviously, unfortunately, with this COVID situation, but video collaboration. And so the sharing of information and the content compute is number one. And a lot of the schools will leverage, you know, funding and discounting for compute, okay? Second is the internet, right? The physical connectivity. We talked about that earlier, right? The speeds to the internet. Um, you have to have sufficient capacity to support the demands of the school, the school district, as more and more needs and more and more applications and more and more cloud applications are coming into play. And if you have cloud applications, then you need access to those cloud services like you know, Google, Google services, right? G Suite, right? Cloud services. So the internet pipe, the internet speed is the second core element. We talked about why that was one of the first initiatives for this E-rate program was to ensure everybody could get high speed into the schools. And then the third component ties, ties the compute, the computers and access to the internet. So that's the internal telecommunications network or the network as we call it, right? Which consists of switches, consists of access points, which allows the uh, laptops to connect into the network, right? So the whole network infrastructure is the third key component, okay? Each one of those are core, the compute side, the laptops, Chromebooks, iPads, the networking piece, and the internet, right? Connectivity to the internet. So those are the three core components that make up what we would say critical for students to be effective and teachers to do their lessons uh, today in, in the technology world. I appreciate you talking about that. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting while you're talking about this, I kept thinking about, uh, I seem to recall, you know, a long time ago, cause you know, now you, you hear about the, um, the high speed connectivity a lot. That's, you know, that's what a lot of people are talking to you about. There's you know, from time to time you have somebody mentioned fiber, um, and they're not talking about cereal and, uh, and then you'll have, uh, you know, in the past, and there was, you know, we progressed through all the modems and all the stuff and some, some magical thing called a T1 line. And, uh, you know, there's just any number of things that have, as we move forward. And one of the things that's been really cool is that as we've, you know, if, if things are working right, we've progressed from the world of, you got to be kidding me, the thing, it's, if it tells me buffering one more time, I'm going to shoot myself, you know, <laughs> and, and, and now it's, you know, it's, you don't see the buffering thing as much now. Instead, you see other things like, okay, it says cannot find, <laughs> cannot find the server. What do you mean you can't find the server? I can find the server. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, just all of that, uh, just all kinds of different challenges there. And uh, with all that, all the computing um, hardware and uh, all the different stuff that you talked about that we have to make all that work um, can be a challenge. You know, it, it 
and let's use that kind of to go forward. I mean, what do you think is one of the major technology weaknesses that our schools have that should be addressed? I mean, if you were giving advice to a superintendent or school principal to take care of this one little thing, what would that be? Yeah, and that actually is going to tie into um, what what Wybot does because we identified it, right? And and so we're helping schools, and we call it the mobile connectivity, right? Um, having that reliable Wi-Fi network to support all of these e-learning activities. Okay, now why is this so challenging? We've migrated, Steve, as you mentioned, from a structured wired world right, where computers were connected to the network, we had wired cables, and you had your T1s, and, and, and so there were challenges, of course, but the network itself, typically, you, you stayed connected, right, to the network. We have now moved from a structured, wired infrastructure to a mobile environment. Now, it's extremely powerful because you have access to information anywhere, right, library, classrooms, auditoriums, etc. Right, you can move around. You can have mobile devices, smart boards, right, robots for telepresence. So the technology and the power behind it is incredible, but it brings on, and this is important for the superintendents, a whole new challenge out there, that unfortunately, most schools, right, weren't really, really, truly understanding the complexity and how to be prepared for that. What I mean by that is if you look what's happening in this mobile world, we have a few different things. Besides the student laptops and the teacher laptops, we also have building automation. Yeah, building automation, okay? Coming into the schools, the green initiatives, very, very valuable, saving energy, saving costs. We're talking about HVAC systems, right? We're talking about lighting, smart plugs, okay, to save energy. A lot of those are running over Wi-Fi. We're talking about neighbors. Now that we're operating in a wireless world over the airwaves, right? Communication is all being transferred over the air. That means neighbors, both residential and commercial, can have information that's coming into the schools and causing interference. So we've opened up the network. It's no longer within the four walls okay, of the school building, which creates a whole set of challenges. And the infrastructure, the, the tools that are out there, the platforms to solve these complex problems haven't been there. And so you'll hear the stories over and over again, where the IT organizations, and they're working around the clock already, even prior to COVID, right, where they're having these intermittent issues, right? There'll be a teacher in a classroom every other week loses connectivity. So it's what you mentioned, Steve. It's not the buffering problem anymore. We don't typically see that. But what we do see, and you can talk to the students and talk to the teachers, is the internet's slow. <laughs> Wi-Fi is slow, right? And you may have this at your own home, right? But it happens in schools. Yes. And in the schools, it's very impactful. And so what I would recommend to superintendents and IT leaders is we need to get a handle on this. We need to have complete visibility of what's happening in the airwaves, what we call the RF environment, because we move from structured wire to wireless, but we haven't provided the IT organizations with sufficient number of solutions to be able to stay on top and solve those intermittent issues that we're talking about. 
Does that make sense, Steve? Oh, it does. It makes perfect sense. And I'm, <laughs> I know it's all audio. I've got this goofy smirk on my face right now because I experienced just about everything, you know, right there that you just talked about. So, and it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's interesting because like you said, the slowness, you know, and, and I have a, a neighbor who's a, you know, his engineering business, what he does is he's talking to people all around the world. And right now he'd like to go through the neighborhood and say, all right, all of you, you cannot be on now. It's time to go to Dairy Queen. It's time to go out there into the world, leave the neighborhood, stop making your children be online. <laughs> um, but it's because of that slowness that you talked about. You know, one of the things that's been interesting is that uh, like in the rural areas where, where I'm located now, we have, uh, you know, trying to get connectivity to uh, parents and community who live, um, if they're not going to be able to come into the school and they live in areas where there's lots of pine trees interfering with all kinds of signals and such. And so using churches and parking lots and putting up poles and stuff like that. Do you get involved in any of that type of stuff? So we don't typically get involved in the outdoor deployments at YBOT. Um, our platform is network automation, right? Wi-Fi automation. So it's designed to automatically detect these performance issues on Wi-Fi, right? Connectivity, interference, performance-related items, slowness to the internet, all of that we're doing now automatically. So the game changer that's required in the market is to go from a highly manual process, which is what's common today, even with the the great platforms in the market for access points and controllers and management tools, very good. But to have something that's automated, that monitors, analyzes, and identifies what the problems are and the solutions to solve. So that's what we've done at Widebot is we've created this automation that's, that's running 24 by seven. So when everybody, anybody has, you know, a, a drop connection, a performance issue, we will have the, event of when it occurred, timestamp, what it was, and actionable item on how to solve it. So that's where we've really helped the schools is because now think of it as a Wi-Fi assistant, right, that you have in each one of the, in these locations, right? You have them in classrooms, you have them in, in libraries, you have them in auditoriums. And the IT organizations typically are fairly lean, as we know, and they're supporting often large school districts five buildings, 10 buildings, 50 buildings, right? And you can't be in all those locations and the networks are so dynamic. Again, with building automation, neighbors, e-learning, personal devices, right? Students and teachers, smartwatches, gaming devices, all this has an impact, can have an impact on the Wi-Fi ecosystem and the performance. So we've built the next generation solution, very intuitive, simple to use that monitors, analyzes, and identifies those issues. So you're not chasing them for days, weeks, and months having an impact on the school environment. Very cool. It also sounds like it might eliminate some of the, you know, one of my favorite sayings is, uh, you know, it's a, a user problem. <laughs> and um, and it, it, over these years, as I've come forward with the technology, as it's replaced and, and grown and evolved and done all this stuff, stuff, one of the things that the user problem has always been is that the adults knew far less than the kids. <laughs> and the kids were constantly testing your patience as they were, 
they probably should have gone to work for many of these major companies because they were doing some of them were doing a good job of figuring out where the 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 back doors were and things like this and uh, that weren't meant to be back doors it's just the adults in the building didn't know it <laughs> to go look for this thing and uh, I can remember a student now who uh, managed to delete the mail system multiple times or at least hide it from <laughs> everyone's like what what ah, anyway um, do you ever have do, do you have any of does your system kind of protect itself from that type of uh, you know encroachment or constant uh, you know knocking on the door by uh, by the kids the children of the building yeah our system uh, we've got a highly secure uh, system so we haven't had any issues um, anybody coming into our system and not only that um, besides having a highly secure certificate based system so that's number one but in addition to that we're identifying for the schools, the IT organizations, when students turn on hotspots, right? So microwave ovens, right? Microwave ovens can have a big impact on the Wi-Fi network. Yes, microwave ovens, they, nice. they tend to interfere. Nice. So these are items that you're talking about that can be very, very disruptive, whether it's intentional, student turn on a hotspot causing denial of service, or whether it's unintentional, like a microwave or a neighbor streaming a video, et cetera, um, all of those can have a direct impact. Our system detects those. We tell you what's happening in that whole RF environment, printers, IOT, building automation, neighbors, hotspots. So we have incredible data analytics that show what's happening, when it's happening, and the impact it's having on your network so that they can be proactive and take actions before it impacts the teachers and students. Very cool. Very cool. Because it, it is an environment that, that uh, has, comes with its own uh, prob um, problem-making uh, charges, I guess I would say. And then you have the accidental ones, like the microwaves you're talking about. So I appreciate talking about that. Is, you know, uh, uh, Rogers, we're getting close to finishing. Uh, um, is there anything else you want to share a little bit about, uh, you know, uh, about what YBOT does and, uh, and, and the E-rate program before we finish out. And, the, and I definitely want to make sure that you, uh, if someone wanted to connect further uh, with you or, and learn more, where would you send them? Yeah, let me start with the first piece on, you know, how we can help and, and if they're interested in more information on YBOT, because we have a, um, a very valuable program where we do free trials, free evaluations, right? We, we're focused on education. We want to help education. Um, we're in 46 states in the U.S. And so what we do is we offer these free trials. So you can go right to our website, www.ybot.com, and there's a link there for a free trial. Just sign up. We ship out, no obligation, one of our IoT sensors, right? The sensor is what's monitoring, right? The, the, the Wi-Fi environment for you, 24 by 7. It's the assistant that you're looking for, second set of hands but it's a physical IOT device and it's monitoring that environment. Okay. So you can, we ship one of those, no obligation. We pay to send it out. You now have visibility. You put it into a school, a high school classroom where you're having challenges during the trial and you'll see exactly what it provides for valuable information. The end of the trial, right? You make a business decision whether it makes sense for the school or not. If not, we pay to have it shipped back. So that's the most effective way to actually see it in action is just do a free trial. The second piece about it is it's plug and play. You know, when you mention trial, you know, people get a little bit concerned that they're already overloaded, right? They don't have time. And we understand that. 
right? The IT organizations are incredibly busy these days. We respect that. The good news about the Ybot solution is it's truly plug and play. You take the sensor out of the package, connect it to the network, internet access is all it needs, and it's up and running. That's it. And now you can connect into the dashboard, very intuitive dashboard that shows you what needs to be optimized in the network. So www.ybot.com, that's the most efficient way to get information about our Wi-Fi automation platform. We're vendor agnostic. We work with all the vendors out there and you can get a free trial. Um, you can reach me at rsands, S-A-N-D-S, at ybot.com. That's my email address. If you have any questions or want additional information beyond what's on the website, feel free to send an email and we'll, uh, we'll provide additional information. Awesome. Awesome. Well, this, this has been great talking to me and learn a lot about, uh, about this and about uh, what's going on out there. And, uh, um, and the good thing is, is now I, now I'm coming away equipped with some information. So my eyes won't glass over when my <laughs> IT person starts telling me about certain things. So I appreciate it, Roger. Uh, you know, I got two questions for you that I want to finish up with and it goes sure. like this. First one is when things get difficult or there are too many issues all coming at once and you want to quit, how do you overcome those feelings and keep going? In terms of um, a wireless startup? That'll work. Is that what you're thinking of? I mean, when you say, so. I'm, I'm thinking of just life in general. You got, oh, okay. uh, you got a ton of stuff happening and, uh, and you just start going, you know, is it worth it? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, especially when you're in a, that's why I was referencing a startup, which, you know, when you're in a, in a high growth startup, like we're in, um, there's challenges, right? You're scaling a company, uh, a number of challenges, whether it's technical business, et cetera. But for me personally, what, what I get excited is um, I've got a very, very strong team, right? So I get to work with a high-powered team every day. And that's a blessing, right? I get to work with a high-powered team, and then I get to go home to a beautiful family. I have two lovely daughters and a wife. So, you know, that for me, I can get up every day. I get excited. When you're building and supporting and helping customers like we're doing, we're helping hundreds and hundreds of schools across the country. Um, that's rewarding right? That allows you to get up each day and realize that, you know what, you can help some more schools today solve these complex problems. Excellent. Love that. The uh, it, uh, last question, do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, uh, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? Yeah. So two items there. One, it's going to sound a little interesting, but of course my father, my father taught science for 40 years. Um, teacher of the year. He, he, he was an innovator in terms of when he taught. This was a while ago. Um, he has since passed away. But when he taught, he was pushing the envelope. Um, he, was, he was really challenging the students to be the best at what they could do. He was teaching middle school science um, here in the Boston area. And so I learned a lot from that. Not, not obviously from the father, but from the teaching side, which is what you're referencing. Um, you know, I manage teams and I have been managing teams I transition from electrical engineering to managing teams, and I get really, really excited by that because you can pull together a diverse set of folks, and if they're all collaborating, do stuff that is incredible in the market to help folks. So I would start there because that I learned a lot from that in terms of my style and how I manage folks. But yes, when I was in high school, I had a science teacher, um, and he was fantastic. And, you know, when you did the, the programs to build and compete with technology and you went to the state fair and stuff like that, which I did. And so that science teacher was awesome. 
That's cool. Thank you so much, Roger. Uh, Roger, I can't thank you enough for talking with me today. I appreciate you explaining the E-rate program and how to apply as well as the qualifications and so forth. In addition, it, it's interesting taking a look at the needs that all of this uh, requires and, uh, and uh, what students need in this world today. You know? um, and thanks for sharing about your company, Ybot. I wish you the best in all you do, and I appreciate you spending time. No, I thank you. And again, just to wrap up, um, folks that aren't familiar with it or looking for the latest information, I think you're going to put it, Steve, like you said, but USAC.org, USAC.org, and then slash E-rate gives you all the information that you need. February for this year, currently, end of February is the deadline to submit the proposals out uh, to vendors. So that's important. We can help in terms of the Wi-Fi automation piece. If you have any questions on E-rate, reach out to my team. Go to the website and we'll get your trial going. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts, Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.